Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. We have the one and only Mr. Greg Dickerson back for a fourth episode, and we are going to talk about housing housing market is something we both follow quite closely. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Uh, it's a really interesting time in the housing market. We're, we're seeing uh, housing crash and transactions that both of us called. Uh, I think it's fair to say that housing prices, nationally speaking, are proving to be more sticky than people had expected. Uh, we certainly are seeing some pain in some markets dominated by iBuyers, Phoenix being the most classic example, Vegas, Austin. Um but yeah, it's it's a wild time. So when you think about the housing market, what are you seeing? What's going on? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, they're all shutting down, right? The iBuyers, they're shutting down, liquidating inventory, uh, you know, laying people off, getting out of the business. So, you know, that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was just watching earlier, uh, you know, the latest realtor.com, uh, they put out a weekly housing report. And, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of, you know, positive momentum or, or, uh, you know, movement, I guess, in, in, in terms of corrections where, you know, inventory levels are, are, you know, rising a little bit, prices are coming down a little bit, uh, you know, those types of things, days on market are up a little bit, but still nothing, you know, at scale, like you need for a real housing correction or a real crash to happen. And, you know, some of the people out there that have been calling for a housing crash are actually like, they're giving up, they're quitting. They're like, you know, where is this damn thing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the whole pandemic, you know, uh, backlog and the foreclosure backlog and this, that, and the other, none of that stuff seemed to happen. And, uh, you know, now the whole, the whole narrative of the Airbnb is going to crash the market and, and all that. And, you know, what people are forgetting is that, um, you know, people are different now. We just talked about how people work now and how they travel is different too. People want to just get up in the weekends uh, or even midweek and just go take a couple of days here, a couple of days there and go explore the country and check things out. And Airbnb and VRBO has really opened that opportunity up for people as the pandemic kind of showed people what's out there and what's available. Now, not every Airbnb or you know VRBO is going to work in every area. But you know, at the end of the day, we're in a time when uh, what I tell everybody, number one, this is a slow season for housing generally in right. most areas. Every market's different, every pocket, you know, all that. But on average, this is your slow season. Inventory typically comes down because people pull their houses off the market for the holidays. They don't want to, you know, be interrupted with that. People aren't moving around. You know, it's all of that until the spring, you know, housing boom. So I think we're going to see a lot and get a lot of answers when the spring boom happens in terms of what does inventory look yeah. like? What does the rates look like? What does the activity look like? But the higher the rates go and the longer they stay there, the more correction, you know, that's going to have on the housing market. But again, there just isn't enough inventory. There's still a lot of pent up demand. You know, the issue now is affordability. You know, a lot of people have been priced out of the market. So until that corrects, uh, you're just not going to, you know, you're not going to see a, a boom. 
but there's not enough demand destruction for any kind of a meaningful crash right now. So what does a crash mean? To me, we saw very distorted levels of pricing based on artificially low interest rates that I don't know if we'll ever get back to again. I mean, I don't know if we will ever see sub 4% interest rates again, other than exotic loan type yeah. things. Sure. But, you know, average interest only or, you know, fixed. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we will, but we could. Uh, hmm. So let's, you know, uh, let's say that we don't. That means values can almost never get back to where they were nationally because of affordability. So when you look at what does a crash mean? To me, a crash would mean 50% below the run up. So we already had. Just so I'm clear, you said you said 50, five, zero. 50. So okay. pre-pandemic, so if you take the median uh, house value, and you're the chart guy, so you probably know what that is. Let's call it, I think it was, let's call it 300 just for easy math. 350, I think is where it was, somewhere. Okay, 350. Three, right. well, anyways, let's just say 300. So okay. a crash to me would be down to 150. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. So 50% below where the values of housing was before the pandemic run up, okay? Because 50% below where it went to, Get your head about back to where, because it ran up 30, 40%. Yeah, so these are the numbers from memory, and I look at them a lot, so they'll be close. I think heading, like ending 2019, I think the median home price was like 284. I'm going to call it 300 for easy math. I think we got as high in June of 2022 of 454. Let's call it 450. So yeah, a 50% crash, or at least, a, so that'd be a 33% crash to get you from 450 to 300. And, and you, you're saying a crash in your mind is even going below the 300. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, that would be a crash because again, the levels that we've seen are just very distorted and you know, yeah, it really doesn't mean that, anything. That, I could just tell you right now, that's not going to happen. No, I don't think so <laughs> either. I'm not saying not it will. Happen. I'm not calling no, no. it. I'm just saying no, to me, you're defining. That's you're defining. what a crash means. Dropping 50% from where we came from really doesn't mean anything, you yeah. know? And so that's from a value standpoint. Now, what does a crash look like? Well, a crash mm -hmm. looks like 2009, where you've got tons of inventory hitting the market, you got tons of foreclosures, you got people walking away from houses. There's a crash in the new car market right now from people oh, who yeah. bought new cars and didn't have to make payments, and they're turning them in, and you know that that's blowing up, and you know that's that's a big recessionary, you know, red flag and precursor right there is cars and housing, right? But um, to me, a crash in housing is like we saw. Inventory levels just start stacking up. You get foreclosures everywhere. People are walking away from houses. I mean, we've seen that a couple of times yeah. you know, uh, mm -hmm. in the history. So, I mean, that's what a crash is. So, I mean, those things just aren't even close to being on the table at this point. Now, could it happen? Sure. Yeah. What would cause that? Higher interest rates, closer to 10%, and no funding. So what drives real estate? The availability of the yeah. money and the cost mm -hmm. of that money. And right now, you you know, you still get a loan if you got decent credit, mm -hmm. and um, you know, interest rates are still mild. You know, they're not terrible uh, yeah. historically. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting to think about because I I have been, um, you know, my my thoughts on the housing market are 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 still unusual, right? I think we're going to basically be flat for five to six years, right? We we basically we saw the decade of appreciation in two years. That's my opinion, and. Uh, you know, basically, how do you get to the end of this is you have to have wage inflation, right? When you think about affordability, there are three variables and people only talk about two. One is price, obvious. One is cost of capital, interest rates. But there is a third variable that so few people talk about. I think it is wages. It's inflation. I think what we're going to see is a great decade of wage inflation, five, six, seven percent a year compounded 
And, you know, at the end of four or five years, housing will get back to affordable. I don't I don't see any more appreciation. We've got the I can't say it any clearer. The decade of appreciation was done in two years. I think we're going to be plus or minus one percent for five years in nominal terms. Right. George Gammon talks about real versus nominal. I'm only calling nominal because that's what most housing statistics are are nominal. And um, yeah. And again, the other thing we talk about is supply demand curves, right? A demand curve. I think a lot of people that talk about housing crashing miss one fundal element. Most of them are looking at a housing crash like we're still going to do 6 million transactions. We've done 6 million transactions rough and tough for a decade. People can't fathom that we're going to do 50% less. And when you do 50% less transactions, you don't need a hell of a lot of demand. You need a couple of couples that just had kids or had their second kid that have to move. You have a couple of people that need to trade up or trade down. That's that's the thing that I think most people are missing, right? If you were going to tell me, Greg, that we were going to do 6 million transactions in 2023 again with you know 7.5% or 8% mortgages, I would tell you we'd have to have a housing crash. We'd have to go down 15 20%. The problem is I don't believe we're going to do 6 million. I think we're going to do 3.5 million. And there's a lot of, you know, 23% of transactions at 6 million are cash. They don't give a rat's ass what interest rates are. So I think most people forget that the demand curve is going to be down for years to come. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, the whole wage thing is interesting, too, because, you know, if that is true and your thesis is true, then inflation is going to follow it and you're, and you're exactly. never going to get inflation down. So yeah, where does that ultimately go? So we might be in a time of higher inflation for longer with rising wages, like you said. So that's why the Fed, you know, wants to just destroy the job market. But they're not having any luck so far. <laughs> not having any luck so far, exactly. Fed Waller, Waller again uh, said this morning, folks, take a deep breath, calm down. It's only one data point. So again, the Fed is not happy with the run-up. So well, I think housing is time. fascinating. You know, it takes time yeah. for all that to, you know, trickle through. So again, I mean, this is all just started. It all happened fast. Again, we've got to get through the holidays. There's a lot of savings and backlog yeah. and severance and all these things that are happening and equity that people tapped into and market gains and just all that. Once we get into next year, we're going to really understand, I think, pretty quick in Q1 what we can start expecting. Yeah, for me, I'm actually, I've, I've for about a month and a half now, I've been calling March 15th, right? The housing market between today and March 15th is just going to be slow. It's the winter. It's a slow yeah. season. It always is. You can... You, Home buyers and home sellers can easily delay till the next selling season, which starts rough and tough March 15th. So once we get to March 15th, I'll have a better opinion about what happens next. If rates are 10%, I'll have one opinion. If rates are 6%, I'll have a different opinion. If unemployment is 8%, I'll have one opinion. If unemployment is 4%, I'll have a different opinion. I have no idea what's going to happen by March 15th, but between now and March 15th, how the housing transactions are going to be cut in half. It's going to be relatively boring. And um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, interesting times. So we'll see. You know, nobody yeah. knows. Nobody has a crystal ball. Again, I don't know what is going to happen, but I know what can happen, you know, because we've seen it in recent history. So, you know, interesting. Yeah. And you do daily updates on your YouTube channel. Where can people find that? Monday through Friday updates. So weekends, oh, Monday through you know, Friday. family yeah, weekends time, you live. Yeah. Time. <laughs> you know, I'll play these, you know, sometimes on my channel on the weekends, you know, and stuff nice. like that. But uh but yeah, in general, yeah, daily market, you know, those types of things, Monday through Friday, uh, YouTube, you know, you can find my YouTube channel, Greg Dickerson, or go to gregdickerson.com. That's where it's at. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Give him a follow. He puts out amazing stuff. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Good to see you.